All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Wild Pod. It's just me, Jared, tonight. Betsy's unable to make it, and we missed last week, so um, I didn't want to miss another. And hopefully this is sounding okay, because uh, it's just me and, um, well, I'm incompetent. But hopefully one day... Uh, I will learn. Anyway, so uh, I've been digging around on uh, on the internet, looking at a few things, and I found circumstances of uh, of well, mass hysteria taking place, and. Uh, Maybe it's not always mass hysteria, uh, but, you know, sometimes it's uh, poisonings and what have you. Sorry, I'm double-checking to make sure uh, that everything is flowing okay. What's up, King? Uh, glad you're here, and uh, Betsy's not going to make it. But anyways, first I want to talk about the news, of course, because that's something I love uh, digging on. Uh, I don't think it was my sister area when it happened in our past history, but now it's repeating. And that's kind of where I want to go with at the end, but we'll get to that. Anyhow, um, so first I want to talk about uh, Sam Britton. Now, if everyone remembers, Sam Britton was... Um, our nuclear waste disposal head at uh, the Department of Energy. And uh, they them had a, uh, would match a very fine mustache with a very fine dress. Anyway, so uh, he had a court trial, I think it was last week in Nevada, um, released on bail. If I remember, it was $5,000 bail or something. So it meant he probably had a $50,000 uh, total bail. But either way, new reports have come out of him uh, possibly um, stealing more. Asia, Asia, might be Asia, A-S-Y-A. Uh, Kamsin, K-H-A-M-S-I-N of Tanzania, a fashion designer. She makes her own clothing. And uh, anyways, she came out and she noticed, she remembered she had a bag stolen. And then when the reports of Sam Britton came out, she said, wait, that sounds kind of like the lead up to what happened to me. So she went through his Instagram and... Sure enough, he has been, uh, these are clothes. She's a designer. So these are clothes that she made. Her bag was stolen. And uh, if you look at the screen right now, that uh, is him at uh, the Trevor Project wearing clothes that he stole while giving a speech. And that's the. Right there is the lady, the fashion designer. 
and she's going through and, and there it is the dress she made that, uh, Sam Britton is now wearing, um, I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know. Um, there's another one. Um, I don't know what to say. It's it. Look, I don't want to be judgmental. King says, I think the guy's trying to play the insane card. No, I don't think he's trying. I think he's succeeding. If someone has a mental issue, and I don't want to say that everybody who questions their sexuality or any of that or, or is trans has a mental issue, but there is a bit of a likelihood of that. Maybe we shouldn't put him in charge of such uh, sensitive areas because this is a, a huge red flag. I mean, nuclear waste, we're on the, the eve of World War III. Russia has jumped out of the, uh, the uh, start. Um, start was the nuclear non-proliferation treaty the new one that came out uh while donald donald trump was president between russia and the united states and probably most uh nuclear powers and after biden went over and uh gave what was it 500 billion or whatever it was to uh to Oh, I'm glitching and freezing, someone says. Well, we'll start it. Uh, hopefully it's not terrible, and hopefully it records okay, because I'll put it up on uh, on uh, YouTube as a recording after. But anyways, after Biden went over and gave all that money to Ukraine, um, and after, you know, the the support we've given Ukraine right or wrong it caused Putin to back out of the START Treaty and man, it just makes me feel like uh, if you guys haven't done any kind of preparations any preps or uh, built any uh, any uh, plans for uh, trouble there's nothing I can do about it. Any plans for possible trouble, then uh, I suggest you get on that right now. Um, it's awful. Yeah, it sounds like... Uh, did it throw me off? Let's see here. Yeah, I may have to restart this i don't know king let me know if this is coming through okay something is definitely afoot okay yeah uh i'm gonna have to probably restart this but i do want to talk about the 
mass hysteria stuff that's going on. Um, because uh, I kind of feel like we just went through it. I kind of feel like it. Let's see what they said. Skipped frames. Okay, why am I skipping frames? Anyways, all right, back. Welcome to the Wild Pot again. Uh, Jared here. Betsy's not here today, and we're going to see if this works this time. Uh, we were having an awful time a minute ago. So, uh, let's hope it works. Anyhow, we were just talking about Sam Britton. Second ago, it looks like he may have, um, he may have stolen some other stuff. And, well, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It, I've heard it said a lot of people have been really hard on this, and, and some people have said, uh, mention, okay, good dot connector. Thanks for coming in. A lot of people have mentioned that um, they've said affirmative, affirmative action higher. They've said a, a couple of things, and, and I can't argue with it. I, I really, I really can't say that that they're wrong when he uh, he it, there's obvious. Uh, let's just say it's probably common in our politicians to have some mental issues, such as if someone, you know, has weird bedroom uh things they like to do uh maybe even drug habits alcoholism but when those things cross over into unabashedly stealing from people because you have a bit of kleptomania going on you know that's where I kind of wonder, like, how broken is this person? And I don't want to claim that uh, it's his, uh, or their, sorry, Mr. Brenton. It's their um, weird sexuality that causes them to do that. But I think we need to take a closer look at anyone who has any kind of mental issue. My personal opinion, I think we need to dig into all politicians if we're paying them. And right now we've got people who get fired for stuff they say on Twitter and whatever. If they uh, breach with the political line, um, we, we pay the politicians. We should be able to look into every bit of their history. I think they... They should be wide open. Honestly, I think also their bank, fi their finances, their uh, financial history, their uh, how money moves, all that. We should be able to look at all that. But that's just me. Anyways. And then we were talking about how we're on the eve of uh, World War Three. I believe it was um, 
Einstein who said, I don't know what weapons will be used in World War III, but I know sticks and stones will be the weapons of World War IV. So we were talking about prepping. I think uh, everyone should get a plan, make a plan, have a plan, um, you know, get some food, get some water. Uh, if you're in a place that you can, get some uh, security, some defense. Um, you know, you never know. But we're in interesting times. So let's get on with the story and then we'll round out the show uh, with, eh, you know, kind of the little thoughts of today. Let's uh, find the story here. Gotta scroll back up. Now, this is just a regular old kind of uh, internet story. Hold on. Gotta set this up. Okay. 12 of history's most baffling mass hysteria outbreaks. And I will adjust that so that it's not covering up half my face. And but let's go through this. <clears throat> mass hysteria or collective delusion outbreaks are more common than people realize. Most are familiar with some of history's most dramatic mass hysterias such as one surrounding the Salem witch trials. We have talked about that before, but other outbreaks have come and gone without gathering much attention or causing as much harm as that of Salem. Ah. An example of a more prosaic, prosaic mass hysteria incident occurred in 2012 when a student in Leroy High School in Upstate New York began twitching and convulsing, and within a short while, dozens of other students started twitching and convulsing as well. There were no physical cause. It was all in the kids' heads. And it sounds like, like Tourette's uh, suddenly became a, a catchable ailment. We're not going to read any more of the opening. We're just going to go right into it. Oh, here's some... Uh, some instances, the cat nuns of France. And this one is kind of my favorite just because it's semi-harmless, but it's kind of weird. Before the modern era, many outbreaks of mass hysteria occurred within religious institutions. Convents were in particularly prime grounds ripe for the eruption of a contagious mass delusion. That was because convents, especially in medieval days, contained large numbers of nuns who had been forced into them by their families. Once in, they were compelled to lead lives they may have found disagreeable. Inside the convents, many of the unfortunate girls or women forced into becoming nuns were confined in prison-like conditions that led to a stressful lifestyle that was not of their own choosing. Among other things, the nuns were expected to be celibate and submit to poverty, hard work, and unquestioning obedience to authority figures who had the right to compel compliance. Often they were compelled with coercive measures ranging from the imposition of extra labor to confinement in cells or withholding food and water. 
<clears throat> Physical chastisement and punishment were also available. This ranged from whipping and caning in-house to turning over the most defiant nuns to ecclesiastic courts. If things went particularly bad, they could end up with a hard-headed nun getting burned to death for witchcraft or demonic possession. I, I, need, I would like to dig in more on that and see how often that happens. <coughs> or happened. But anyways, so... Nuns are, at the time, sometimes forced by their family into a convent. Uh, maybe that was so the family could fulfill some hopeful wish that God would smile uh, brightly on their, on their family if, uh, if their daughter, sister, whatever, did service. Or maybe she was a pain in the butt, or uh, maybe she was, you know, boy crazy, whatever. So it was kind of like, I would say, like going to prison or like being drafted into the military, maybe even worse than the military. But, you know, it's uh, kind of ugly. Such conditions of communal longstanding stress and fear are textbook causes for the outbreak of mass hysteria. So it is not surprising that nunneries frequently experience eruptions of mass delusions. One of the mo more bizarre incidents occurred in a French convent in the Middle Ages. A nun started meowing like a cat, an animal viewed in Europe at the time, not as cute and cuddly pet, but as being associated with Satan. Soon, other nuns in the convent joined in and started meowing, and before long, the whole convent was meowing. It eventually became chorus-like, with all the nuns joining in collective caterwauling for several hours each day. Understandably, the cacophony alarmed and upset the neighbors, particularly in light of cats associated with the devil and demonic possession. Pleas to stop were not heeded, so soldiers were eventually called in, ordered to whip the meowing sisters into silence. And uh, that finally brought the mass hysteria outbreak to an end. So, as the story goes, the nuns, one nun started meowing, and then eventually they they were all meowing. And uh, if you dig into deeper on this story and other stories of it, first came out, I think, in 1855 from a physician, a German physician at the time, wrote about it in one of his uh, doctrinal theses or whatever on this incident. And uh, he named the nunnery, he named uh, all the stuff, and, and it went on for weeks. And um, they uh, they threatened, first they threatened the nuns, and then they would quit, the townspeople quit dealing with them, quit selling with that to them. And then, because um, nuns, you know, they kind of hold a special place in, in Catholicism, and... Uh, so they were kind of a bargaining chip in the town or something important in the town. And then they, uh, and then they did, they brought in soldiers acting as police to force them to stop through uh, corporal punishment. And then there was also threats of death, but that one went on. And then you've got the biting nuns outbreak. Um, okay. Again, in France, 
Across the Rhine from France in Germany. Oh no, this one's in Germany. Similar stressors led to a mass hysteria outbreak in the 15th century. It began when a nun started biting the other sisters in her convent. Before long, the behavior spread and the convent was full of crazed nuns running around and biting each other. And uh, it's or 15th century, so maybe 1588. I might have got numbers wrong. You guys don't come here for my exactness or my intelligence. You come here and probably because you're bored. A nun in German nunnery fell to biting all her companions. In the course of a short time, all the nuns this convent began biting each other. The news of this infatuation among the nuns spread, and it now passed convent to convent through a great part of Germany, principally Saxony, and it afterwards visited the nunneries of Holland, and at last the nuns had biting mania even as far as Rome. So this one sounds like it just kept going. All right. How's the, is the stream still going? Yes, it is. Oh, goodness. Lucky us. Um, so this one kept spreading. So it sounds like it started in that kind of border region between Germany and, uh, and France and just kept going and made it all the way to Italy. The authorities were baffled and alarmed and attempted various countermeasures as the nuns at length worried one another from Rome to Amsterdam. When prayers of masses failed, the church resorted to exorcisms and the casting out of devils and demons, but to no avail. They resorted to a more basic approach and threatened to flog or dunk into the water any nun that bit another. That worked, and after a few salutary, salutary examples were made, the nuns were quickly came to their senses, and the biting fever rapidly subsided. But that is crazy. They just all started biting each other. Now, here's a crazy one. So it sounds like most of these were from about the 1500s. Okay, we all get a jingle or tune stuck in our heads every now and then. And this is the Dance Plague of 1518. And end up humming and mumbling it nonstop. We call them brain worms. Or on and off for hours or days on end. That is bad enough, but what about taking that up a notch? How about a dance move that one can't stop? Almost everyone loves a good shimmy. But what happens if the shimmy, I like that word, is so good that you just can't quit and end up dancing yourself to death? The brain worms at a couple places I worked, and I do this in my home now, I'll uh, try to find a tune that I can get stuck in other people's heads. And then I'll leave and leave them with the brain worm that they're going to sing themselves the rest of the day just to be funny. That is what people of Strasbourg, Alsace, might be Alsace-Lorraine, in what is now France, discovered in July of 1518 when their town fell into the grip of a dancing mania. Hundreds of people started dancing nonstop for days on end. By the time the dance fever finally broke, 
Many of the good people of Strasbourg had literally danced themselves to death from heart attack, strokes, or plain exhaustion. It began innocently enough one sunny July morning when Fra Frofia started dancing in the street. That's why I need Betsy to read some of these. Onlookers clapped, laughed, and cheered. Her high spirits and joy de vivre. Yay, Jared, you stumbled over that one. As she danced and danced and danced some more. Fra Tofria, Trophia, danced without rest or respite for six days, and within a week she had been joined by dozens of her marathon dance. Mostly women. Alarmed authorities consulted local physicians who opined that the cause was hot blood on the theory that the dancers would recover only if they got it out of their system by dancing continuously. Musicians were hired, a wooden stage was erected, and additional dancing space was made by openly opening up guild halls and clearing out the marketplace to make room. And those measures backfired and simply ended up encouraging even more people to join the hysteria within a month. A number of nonstop dancers had ballooned to the hundreds. And at the, end of the, at, at the height of the craze, 15 dancers were dying each day from exhaustion and heart attacks. It was not an isolated incident between the 14th and 17th centuries there was enough there was there were enough similar outbreaks for contemporaries to coin a term for the phenomena saint vitus dance or saint john's dance there is no modern consensus on the cause so it is simply categorized as an unusual social phenomenon a mass public hysteria or psychological psychogenic illness of non of unknown <sighs> Milan poisoning scare. Europeans of the 17th century were prone. Sorry, my nose is itching. Were prone to fears that nefarious people planned to spread a plague throughout Christendom via sinister means, such as sorcery and witchcraft or mysterious poisonous gases. Those standing fears were exacerbated. In the city of Milan, Italy, after its governor received a message in 1629 from King Philip IV of Spain, warning him to be on the lookout for four Frenchmen who had escaped from Spanish prison and might be en route to Milan to spread the plague via poisonous and poisonous and pestilential ointments. Word. I don't have a clue what that means. Anyone in the comments knows, please let me know. For months after the ro royal warning, tensions mounted in Milan while the alarmed citizens kept wary, lookout for suspicious characters, and grew steadily more stressed out and frazzled as fears mounted of an imminent poisoning. The city sat thus on a powder cake for months before finally erupting in what became known as the Great Poisoning Scare of Milan. It started on the night of May 17th when some citizens reported seeing mysterious people placing what appeared to be a poison on a cathedral 
partition. Health officials went to the cathedral but found no signs of poison. The following morning, the Milanese woke to find that all doors on the main streets had been marked with the mysterious daub. Health officials inspected the daubs but found nothing harmful in them and concluded they were pranked by by some mischievous actors with a sick sense of humor, getting some laughs out of the citizens' fears. Official reassurances were unavailing, however, taking the mysterious daubs as a sign that the expected poisoning attack had finally arrived, the Milanese went into a city-wide bout of mass hysteria and began accusing random people of acts of poisoning ranging from passers-by on the streets to various nobles to Cardinal Richelieu of France or General Wallerstine, commander of the armies of the Holy Roman Empire at the time. Raging, raging the Thirty Years' War. Okay, so among the early victims of the hysteria was an elderly man who was spotted wiping a bench in church before sitting down. A mob of crazed women accused him of poisoning the seat and seized and violently assailed him in church and then dragged him to the magistrate while continually beating him on the way. And uh, they ended up killing him en route. More tragic was the case of a pharmacist who was accused of being in cahoots with the devil when he was found with unknown potions. After prolonged torture and stretching on the rack, he changed his protestations of innocence to confessions of guilt, repeating whatever his torturers wanted to hear in order to end the pain, admitting to being in league with the devil and foreigners to poison the city. The pharmacist named other accomplices who were innocent of any crime. They were in turn arrested and tortured, and to end their suffering, they named yet more innocents, repeating the process. All were tried, convicted based on the confessions, extracted under, tortured, and executed. As a mass hysteria mounting insanity tightened its grip on the fevered city, a high number of Milanese stepped forward to accuse themselves. Many went to the magistrate and voluntarily confessed to amazing deeds of the supernatural, describing meetings with the devils, witches, sorcerers, and sundry practitioners of black magic in which they plotted to poison the city as reported. The number of persons who confessed that they were employed by the devil to distribute poison is almost incredible. And many were executed. And then, of course... Lil Boarding School Witchcraft Hysteria. Antoinette Borignon, Borinon, a pious but mentally unstable 7th century French woman, founded an all-girls boarding school in Lille, France. Lille, L-I-L-L-E. Lille, Lille. One day in 1639, upon entering the classroom, Madame Borignon Imagine that she saw a swarm of little black angels flying around the heads of the schoolgirls taking fright. She told the children to beware of the devil, whose little black imps were buzzing all around them. The school headmistress developed an obsession with little black imps hovering around her ward's head and kept warning the schoolgirls daily to watch out for the devil. Soon, the impressionable children came to believe that there were indeed little black demons flying all around them. Before long, Satan and satanic possession became almost the sole topic of conversation at the school. 
we'll get to some of my thoughts after we slog through these. One of the girls ran away, too frightened to remain in school, infested with little black devils who might possess her at any moment as Madame Bornon, Borgnon, whatever, and her staff never tired of warning the students. When she was brought back, she claimed not to have run away, but to have been carried away by the devil, and that she was a witch and had been one since seven. Upon hearing that, about 50 other school girls started having fits when they came to, joined in a Me Too rush, and claimed to be witches as well. In their clamor to confess, the children competed to outdo each other with the details of their, you know, dark deeds. Some claimed to ride on broomsticks, only to be topped by others claiming an ability to pass their keyholes. Some claimed to feast on the flesh of babies and have attended the Dom Daniel, a gathering of demons. A formal investigation was launched. While some clergy and citizens of Lil were skeptical, the majority were of the opinion that the children's confessions were valid, that an example should be made by burning all 50 schoolgirls at the stakes, at the stake as witches. Their lives were only spared after some of the skeptical clergy, aghast at what was about to happen, insisted that the investigators dig in deeper. And that's when they discovered what the headmistress had done. And so they, uh, so the blame was shifted to Madame Bornon, who barely escaped punishment after the authorities, unsure of her sanity and tired of the whole affair, they just shut the investigation down. Irish Fright of 1688. Uh, Britain's Catholic King James II, as his mostly Protestant subjects decried and feared, his perceived machinations to restore Catholicism to the realm. The resentment was kept under control, however, as the concerned populace reasoned that the elderly monarch had no son when he died, would be succeeded by his staunchly Protestant daughter Mary, and even her more staunchly Protestant husband, William of Orange. In 1688, however, King James unexpectedly had a son, removing at a stroke, the opinion of running out the clock and waiting for the king's eventual death and replaced by a Protestant successor, the simmering resentments came to a boil, setting in motion the glorious revolution that ended with the flight of King James II and his replacement on the British throne by his daughter Mary II and William III. In the interim, between James Flight and his replacement by William and Mary, there was no government and fears of anarchy and lawlessness gripped the country. The greatest manifestation of those fears came to be known as Irish Fright, which centered around an Irish army that James II had brought to England towards the end of his reign in an attempt to prop up his tottering throne. That army was greatly resented and feared by the English, many of whom recalled and most of whom believed stories of widespread Irish massacres and depravities against Protestants during the Civil War. A few decades early, many English people were thus primed to believe that the Irish were predisposed to savagery and capable of any atrocity. And then the Catholic Irish forces 
Cordon England were readying themselves to fall upon the English to massacre, rape, and loot. All right. So, people just went crazy over it. I'm not going to read through all these Salem witch trials. We're all familiar with that. Um, Hammer, Hammersmith Ghost Hysteria. Uh, sum it up in London. Um, there was a recent suicide that when it was buried in the Hammersmith Cemetery, uh, the whole the whole town started to come and say they saw the ghost of of the uh, recently uh, deceased woman, and, and and the whole town reported it. And so armed citizens would go out and patrol, and uh, well, a couple people who uh, were out walking that night, such as a blacksmith. Uh, were shot at, and some of them were killed. Okay. We've got the Halifax Slasher. A lady comes home from a bar. She has a cut on her head with the razor blade. Next thing you know, the whole town is going crazy about it. Um, these ones aren't as fun. Uh, so, you know, I want to go into this one mcmartin preschool child abuse hysteria this one is close to home this is kind of the kickoff or maybe not the kickoff maybe the high point of the satanic panic 1983 a mentally unstable mother okay now this mother uh was schizophrenic she was not just me saying it this was the doctor said it and she was on medication for it she had a i believe it was a five-year-old four or five-year-old son the buckleys ran a a a uh a preschool for the upper middle class in manhattan beach california and the mother accused ray buckley of I'm just going to shoot off it. Mother accused Ray Buckley of molesting the son. So when the police pull the kid in for an interview, this kid is four or five. So the police, I guess, not understanding how to um, how to talk to a kid, they they kind of grill the kid and and keep it going, and the kid starts telling them about tunnels into Mexico and about how uh, the the McMartins would sacrifice babies in front of the child. They just, it, it was almost like they were pulling imagination out of the child. So they fully went after Ray Buckley. He was put on trial for it. The, the preschool was shut down. The state actually dug up around the preschool looking for this tunnel that was supposedly about it the the child told stories about and the timelines don't match up the child would say at night the buckleys would fly him and not just that so the police put out a, a mention to all the parents in the newspaper that if your child goes here we have suspicion of this going on, so bring them in. So next thing, all the kids are coming in, all these four and five-year-olds. This is preschool, before kindergarten. 
and all these kids start kind of building off each other. Then I'm sure the police went from one room where a kid said, oh, yeah, they they uh, took me in a tunnel to Mexico to the next room. Oh, yeah, they took me in a tunnel to Mexico, too. And while they were there, you know, they killed someone. And then, oh, yeah, the next kid. Oh, yeah, they killed a baby. And then the next kid. Oh, yeah. And then we ate the baby because the police would go in and unintentionally lead these very young children to those points. But yeah, they dug up the foundation around the school looking for the tunnel and they didn't find it. I mean, there was nothing there. So, you know, it's just crazy. They had uh, social workers brought in. I believe the name was, uh, her name was Key, if I remember. She, uh, social workers are in California, kind of the welfare enforcement arm. And, and that lady, um, she, she totally, she broke with all of her ults to, uh, to do this. But I'm going to do, that was our first show we ever did on this. And I'm going to do another one on it, you know. I'm going to do another uh, a redo because the sound on it was bad. I don't think it's out there anymore. But I'm going to do a redo because it was when we were brand new. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I knew less then. So we'll read a few comments and then I want to talk about what's going on now. Okay. All right. Dot Connector says it could be their plant-based diets. Now, there is ERCOT, Ergo, Branch, uh, St. Anthony's Fire uh, is what they call it. It's uh, Ergo, Ergot Poisoning, which is a fungus that grows on rye. And... As the cities grew up, they started to have a warehouse with lots of rye in it. The rye would be stored for extra long, get humidity in there. Ergot or ergo, I don't know. I'm not, uh, yeah. But it's a fungus that would cause hallucinations. And so how many of these instances in the past could have been connected to natural causes like that? Like a fungus getting into you. Like if anyone's watching that Last of Us, that's a fungus that makes zombies. But how much of that could have happened? Okay. Also, the 100 monkey theory. Is that... Um, okay, there's two monkey theories I've heard of. Dot, and correct me if I'm close, wrong, or other. One of them is that they have monkeys, they lower banana in... And they have a ladder under the banana. And then one monkey goes to climb it and uh, to get the banana. And they spray it with water. It's like a warning away from the banana. And then eventually, after all those monkeys have been replaced, um, you know, all those monkeys have died or gone on to, you know, have makeup tested on them, whatever. The monkeys still know 
not to let another monkey climb up there. So the monkeys will pull them down and, and sometimes violently correct them of that. And then there's another one that a monkey was taught to do something. And shortly after a monkey somewhere else had that same knowledge, like a, a connection had been made universally in monkeys. I'd have to look into the story more. I've just heard about it. Okay. Dog connector says order out of chaos. Those kept in fear are easy to control. Bingo. So on to the mass hysteria we just lived through. So right now, going across the media and across the news, Fox News, all the internet's talking about it. Uh, the Department of Energy came out and said, yeah, we're pretty sure that uh, that um, the uh, that the the latest pandemic uh, started in a, uh, and I'm still using these keywords. Look, I'm trained to it because even YouTube, even Facebook all trained me this way because they would do hard or light punishments on me if I said everything in clear English. So, you know, now these keywords are on, but yeah, started in a lab in China. And then, uh, And then the head of the FBI went on Fox and talked about it. The FBI is pretty secure in its knowledge that that's where it started. All evidence points towards that. So CNN's in an uproar about it, of course, because they spent the whole time denying it. Um, what is it? The Washington Post and the New York Times, total egg on their face. They've actually, from what I've heard, gone back in their records where they called people who mentioned this conspiracy theorist and scrubbed those articles. So articles that they'd written two years ago, they've scrubbed them and, and whitewashed them so that they don't have to, I guess, make retractions because they claimed to know better then. And come on. I mean, any moron could see what happened. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that what's easier. Virology lab next door. Or a bat through, flew thousands of miles, landed in a market to be ate. Nobody's going to be shipping bats thousands of miles to be in a market. I doubt here in the U.S. we ship chickens thousands of miles. I bet the chickens are relatively regional. But neither here nor there. Then we talk about everyone who came out. I mean, people came out. Celebrities came out and said... We need to, you know, not let people who don't get certain medical treatments go to the hospital or into public. Um, I had people in my whole town, kind of friends of mine, who became kind of radical about mask wearing and, and things that they demanded. And that's... That's sad to me. So I think it was kind of a, I think part of it was Trump derangement syndrome where Trump was the guy in charge then and, and where he, I shouldn't say he, cause he was never lenient on that, but certain Republicans were, especially after that shutting down for two weeks and they saw the, 
economic devastation that was beginning in just that two weeks. And so they're like, no, open it back up. You know, like uh, down in Texas where that, uh, that lady, that hairdresser got arrested and roughed up. And Abbott didn't do anything. But his lieutenant governor did. His lieutenant governor actually kind of posted bail and really backed her. And uh, I should dig up his name. He's uh, He was one of my favorites. He went on the news. He went on uh, Fox or CNN or whatever. And he said, look, I'm 50-whatever years old. I've lived a good life. I don't want to shut down and ruin my kids' lives. I mean, let's look at... Look at how schools are doing now. How many people have, especially that puberty age boy, that early teenage to through high school boy who's, so many kids are just falling through the cracks. And then little ones, I guess there's a lot of, I don't know, facial expression disabilities and talking disabilities are coming out from the forced mask wearing and all that. Seems like we went through a little bit of a mass hysteria. Yeah. It says new behavior or ideas spread rapidly by unexplained means from one group to all related groups. Once a critical number of members of one group exhibit the new behavior or acknowledge the new idea. Yeah, that I think that's the one where the monkeys somewhere else learned the same thing. I can't remember what it was. I've only heard about it. But how crazy is some of the things the that were said the last couple of years? And it seems like we're hitting that pendulum swing to the left quite hard. You know, we went through the 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 when we talked about the satanic panic, that was kind of the pendulum swing to the right's apex, I think. There were other things that happened at different times, but that was like the universal society's pendulum swing as far to the right as it could go. And I have to imagine that the COVID stuff and how people acted then is the pendulum swing as far to the left as it could go because the left and, and and in particular celebrities went off the deep end especially late night talk show hosts some of the things they said openly you know just went off the deep end and i'm wondering if any of them have thought to themselves now that it's coming out that the jab isn't as helpful, you know, or what came out of Project Veritas. You know, I'm going to go ahead and make myself bigger here so you guys can see my mug. What came out of Project Veritas? What came out of, you know, the, the studies and the trials, Pfizer and all that? Um, you have to think they're taking a step back and going, did I kind of lose it there? I wonder if people during the satanic panic after that was over, after, I mean, there was a family in Austin, a husband and wife, where I think the husband did, 
he went away in the 80s and got out in the teens. I think he did something like 30 or 40 years in jail. And the wife did just a couple of years less than him on accusations that never got proven. And then they got acquitted after. Do you think people after that took a minute and said, wait a second, did we lose our mind? And I hope, I hope the people now, the Stephen Colbert's, the, uh, what's that guy that used to do the man show? I don't know. Quiffy McQuifferson, whatever. I hope they're taking a minute recognizing what they did. Yeah. Gene Simmons. Yeah. Doc Connector says Gene Simmons went off the deep end. What about, uh, what's that guy who used to do the talk radio? Um, did that talk show. Uh, Howard Stern went off the deep end, locked himself in his house for like two years and then was freaking out when he came out, wrote a whole story about it, how he's weirded out about going and eating in public. What is that? Man, it's not a very funny show. I'm trying to keep it funny. The cat nuns and the biting nuns were funny. No one died. The other death ones I didn't like. You know, but where are we at now? You know, look at uh, Cuomo. I mean, Cuomo was putting people who had infections in with the most vulnerable people. You know, see, what was he doing there? Saving Social Security? It was crazy. But here we are. Here we are where... where I wonder when they're going to write about this. What's the history book going to look like? You know, Stephen Colbert of the whatever show said, anyone who doesn't believe it is crazy or anyone who thinks that it came from a lab is crazy or anyone who doesn't get this vaccine is crazy. You know, maybe the vaccine helps out a little bit. I don't know. But the reaction is a little crazy. It's a lot crazy. They lost their mind. Thanks for coming back on. Uh, after I had my, you know, floppy start in the beginning, I had to go through some settings got changed. I don't know how. It doesn't matter how. It just happens. But, um, yeah, that's all I got for this show. It's all the news I got right now. Uh, hopefully Turkey and Syria is recovering from their earthquake okay. I haven't even looked up what the latest numbers are. That's that's the earth getting mad and finishing you off right there. Um, and of course, you got Palestine, Ohio. Um, yeah, or Iowa. Is it Iowa or Ohio? Those are two different places, right? I'm in Utah. We're a bit away. But you got Palestine. Yeah. Thanks for coming back on, King.
but yeah, you got Palestine. I mean, that place, I, I you know, and prayers to those people. I hope they make it okay. That's a, you know, that's going to be long-term. They're going to be finding cancer in those people years from now, I'm afraid. Get those tests, you know, and of course, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't start World War Three in the interim. I guess that might uh, finish us all off. But uh, yeah, hopefully Betsy will be back next week. Um, she wasn't able to make it in this week. And uh, but if not, I will be back next week. Next week, I've got to warn you. The show I'm planning is going to be quite controversial, but not in any of the mainstream way. It's just going to be me kind of uh, stream of conscience about um, I'm picking out a serial killer. And I want to dig into possibly what made him and maybe uh, causes for other ones. But until then, oh, we got to mention it is the week, the anniversary of the kickoff of Waco. So there, I think we're also going to do a Waco show here in a couple of weeks. I, I uh, uh, yeah, got to do that. Uh, 70 people murdered. But anyways, you guys have a good weekend. Be safe. And uh, yeah. Let's run over to Facebook and see what see if anything's going on over there. But be safe, and uh, we will see you next week. All right, Christy uh, and James, hello and hello. Good to see you guys. Uh, had that little bump in the middle, but hopefully I've got that sorted out permanently. Yep, but that's all we got. Yes. Do a Waco show. Yeah, the Waco show is coming up. The question is, is I kind of want to do the Waco show of the week of the anniversary of the murder. Dog Connector says do a Waco show. King says RIP to all the victims of the government killed in Waco. Yeah, or something, you know, like 11 kids, a couple of infants. That's heavy. That's heavy. And then they celebrated. And then went back and said they didn't. They were real mournful about what they did. But we've got pictures. You know, got proof that they celebrated. But you guys, have a good weekend. Be safe. We'll be talking Waco. Also, um, maybe in the interim, we'll do a move protest Philadelphia bombing. Um, you know, something in there. But we'll see you next week. <laughs>